And welcome back for Jeff MacArthur. I'm Arlene Bynan. And one of our themes today is we're going to look at the drama and the reality of things. Pulling back that curtain. We will take a look at the We Charity this hour and follow it through this afternoon on that testimony. But let's begin with the thing that is affecting all of us. The virus. And I kind of put my toe in the water yesterday on this, wondering, you know, they're uh, coming up with some kind of plans on how you, what they need to open the schools. And one of the proposals was we need a whole bunch of custodians to get in there and clean and clean and clean. I told my story of traveling across the country here. I go into gas stations, nobody's wearing a mask, and then people are screaming at me from not even behind plexiglass, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. And I thought, wow. You know, I know I'm covering this every day, but I I don't see hand sanitizer as the great panacea of this anymore. And my next guest has written a very provocative piece in The Atlantic. Derek Emanuel Goldman is a microbiology professor at Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School. Actually, we're going to talk about a piece that was in The Atlantic and get some reaction to that. You know, the piece is about what the writer, Derek Thompson, says is hygiene theater. Is this true? Are people, are we kind of scrubbing our way into a false sense of security? It's not that it's not important. But let's take a look on how it may work. Emmanuel Goldman, microbiology professor, Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School. Thank you for being here. Uh, My pleasure. Is there truth to this? I mean, you know, we've we've learned so much, and especially from a scientific point of view. Are some some people stuck back in that, you know, there must have been a reason they were fighting for hand sanitizer, and that's going to take us into the promised land here? Yeah, the the problem is that... um Mistaken information got put out very early on in this, and things were exactly the reverse of what they should have been. Uh, The uh, United States Center for Disease Control uh, was initially touting uh, cleaning surfaces, and they were saying, don't wear masks. Exactly the opposite of what it should have been. Now, they've come around now. Now they're with it with masks, and uh, and they downplayed the role of surfaces. The, uh, the scientific term for surfaces is fomites, F-O-M-I-T-E-S, and that stands for uh, inanimate objects and uh, surfaces. And what I think happened was a misinterpretation of experiments combined with a kind of hysteria about uh, this whole uh, pandemic situation. And the experiments were misinterpreted. Nothing wrong with the way the, with the experiments that were done, but they were the wrong experiments. They were experiments that started out with large amounts of virus put on surfaces. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at some end point later on, uh, the day, two days, three days, four days, even up to six days later, they could find virus. But that's not the real world. You don't start out with 10 million virus particles on a surface. You start out with uh, maybe a hundred virus particles. If if uh, someone has a, a cough or a, a sneeze, a hundred in a droplet, and uh, that virus is going to be that amount of virus is going to be gone in a few hours. And so, uh, as I, I put it elsewhere, it's not that the experiments were wrong; they were the wrong experiments. And unfortunately, experts uh, did not look behind the data. And to be fair, it wasn't always obvious where the data was. I mean, for instance, the New England Journal of Medicine article in 2020, you couldn't tell how much virus they put on that. 
you had to go to supplementary material posted online to find out how much virus they used, which is what I did. And uh, again, was somewhat shocked to find the large amounts of virus used in, in that study. So it didn't, give, yeah. it didn't give a clear picture. And here we are, as, as you've just said, stuck in many people's heads are, are the amount of virus they use. So we didn't get a, a very big dose of reality, if we may speak. Can I just throw this in here, too? You know, what we are seeing is, and I mention all the time, I'll say it again, I'm kind of hooked following people like you and epidemiologists and looking at the science and the debate and and this airborne and in the air and droplets and now micro droplets. And, and that seems to explain what we saw after you just explained the beginnings of this. We started to see people who were singing in choirs or meatpapping anywhere where people were talking in close range. Is there almost a denial in some sectors of the risk of what's happening in the air? Well, I I think anyone that's not wearing a mask is, is in denial about this or else just, you know, has this false sense of immortality and uh, it's not taking the proper care. Problem is, it's not just them that's at risk, it's the people around them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in this together and we've got to fight this together. Um, and, and, you know, there was in that same article in The Atlantic uh, that Derek mm-hmm. Thompson wrote, and I, th- I thought he did a terrific job in that article, by the way, um, there was uh, another incident discussed with uh, one of my colleagues, Dr. Donald Schaffner. Uh, in South Korea, a multi-use building of uh, thousands, over a thousand people in the building, one office had a, had a surge yeah. of coronavirus infections, and nobody else in the building got it, or hardly anyone else in the building got it. And clearly, if there were surfaces involved, everyone would have gotten it. You know, elevator buttons being touched, handrails being touched, within minutes. So it's the. The evidence, the evidence that we have is clearly airborne transmission, and that's why masks are so essential. They are. They turned it around. We've learned more. You know, there was there was also a sense, and I know in the article they compare it to nine eleven. I can't tell you how many times I've been doing that too, because we began with one thing and ended another. And are we in the same place? Like it got to the point where after nine eleven, there was all sorts of stuff. People were asking you questions, and I don't know, patting you down to see if you had a gun and. Uh, However, it was a bit of theater itself to make you feel safe. Now that we know that that is, that is being used, is it important, do you think, to really cut to the chase here and find out what is real and what is not? Well, uh, certainly, but to, to uh, extend your theater analogy, I think Shakespeare put it uh, <laughs> best when he said, what's done cannot be undone. Ah, Nice. And that's the problem where we are right now. It's, it was said, it was out there in the public, and it's going to be so difficult to scale that back with all this unnecessary cleaning and scrubbing. You don't want to give up your hygiene. You still want to do normal hygiene. But you would do that, you should do that, even without a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our mothers told us, wash your hands before you prepare food. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Wash your hands if you touch something that might be dirty. That's all still true, but you don't have to do it in excess any more than you should be doing it anyway. That's, that's, I think, the message that we need to get out there, and it's going to take a long time 
to undo the damage that was done by having a false message that was sent out initially. Okay, let's take this and, and move into how things are opening up, you know, because I'm with you. I'm following all this stuff, and and there seems to be a feeling that if the cases go down and it's under control, the people can cram into bars. I mean, let's just say it. If this is true and it's spread in this way and people are not wearing masks, this is just ridiculous cramming people speaking to each other if that virus is still loose. Do you agree? I, I'm afraid I do have to agree with that. Um, we're, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, we've made progress. Uh, certainly you have in Canada and, uh, and uh, in the northeastern United States we've made progress. Uh, but it's going to take some vigilance and it's going to take some time before we get the level of virus transmission down far enough before we can socialize with any kind of, of comfort. Here's another problem. I mean, if we're doing this, what we're calling this hygiene theater, as it was in the Atlanta piece, you know, you put money into it, a sanitizer, or whatever it costs. It's an effort and, and, and it's time. and time. And are we, you know, letting letting the monster roam around while we're doing something completely different? I mean, it, absolutely. It, very, okay. very well put. That's the that's the trouble by distracting ourselves with ineffectual efforts, we may miss the, miss the forest for the trees, miss the lion of pan gorilla in the room. <laughs> we, we, we have to stay focused on what really works, and what really works is masks, social distancing, moving things outdoors as much as possible. Also, when we talk about social distancing, if these micro droplets, you know, you've got your droplets and you've got the other ones that are, we now know are hanging around. I want to ask, you know, I'm starting to get the feeling in some areas that people don't want to know, because if we realize that that's how it's spread, then maybe we've got to start shutting things down or thinking completely differently. You know, is there a sense of hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil a bit on this? Well, uh, it's not. I don't think you need to go all or none on on this. Um, with masks and with social distancing, mm-hmm. you can open things up. You can, and and mm-hmm. I mean, the supermarkets haven't been shut down throughout all of this. People were shopping. Uh, there's, there's been no surge that I heard of in supermarket uh, uh, attendance and uh, in, in, in infections from supermarket uh, shopping. Um, the, but uh, there's one thing I do want to address uh, early. Mm-hmm. The, um, there's, it's not well established that the, these micro droplets are, are, are infectious. Are, mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, I'm, as far as my best reading of the evidence and from what I've heard, it's really larger droplets that are blocked by masks. These so-called micro, micro droplets or aerosols would get through masks, and we aren't seeing people getting infected that way. In all the countries that adopted the masks, they didn't get, they didn't get infected that way. Uh, they, the masks protected them. Um, the, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You, you might have a small window of transmission of micro droplets right after uh, someone who's infected uh, expels them into the air. But... Um, What if they're not wearing a mask, though? What if they are? I mean, would you, I want to ask you, um, finally here, would you walk into a room where a whole bunch of people had been talking for five hours without a mask? 
at close. If I were wearing a mask, I would. Oh, okay. All right. Good to know. All right. If I were wearing a mask. That is something I will keep in my mind. Thank you, Emmanuel Goldman. And we appreciate your honesty here. And we'll see whether or not this whole way of looking at this gets turned around. It's a matter of life and death in our economy. So it's no small thing. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.